Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Steeler Nation, we are back for another episode of the Sick Podcast, Steeler Crazy. I am Jay York Football. This is Miked Up Sports 1, and we have a very special announcement before we get to our guests. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and win $200 instantly in bonus bets. I mean, that sounds like just like a great deal. Like if someone just came up to me and I would, I would take that any day. You throw $5 down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. All customers can take advantage of the two new offers every game day this September. Make sure you sign up and use our code six Steelers and uh, make yourself some money, man. It's always good to win money, watch some football. You know, maybe go buy a new recliner to watch the game or something. Thanks to DraftKings, but use our code Six Steelers, Mike. I think you have a little bit to add. Well, I know the Pittsburgh Steelers opened as an early favorite uh, this weekend in Las Vegas, but that line has jumped. You're getting a lot of people back in Vegas. I think the Steelers open at minus one, and now Vegas might be uh, minus two in some sports book. But it, listen, at the end of the day, it's all more fun when you're in the action. Download the app now. Sign up with code Six Sports. And as Jordan said, $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Official gambling partner of the NFL. Use code 6SPORTS. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Take advantage of that. Two new offers every game this September, Jordan. Yeah, and before we get into our guests, um, just want to talk about another great sponsor and partnership that we have with Still City Wheelhouse. I know every Tuesday we do the Jalen Warren show. It's where Jalen Warren goes. It's where anyone in Pittsburgh goes to get their cars. Still City Wheelhouse, where the bar is set. Tires for all cars and trucks can be purchased online at stillcitywheelhouse.com. Make sure you get down there. Both of the Johns, great people. Remember, financing is available. That's stillcitywheelhouse.com. And you'll ride away feeling great. Hey, I think it's time to talk some football, and I think Steeler Nation would love to hear from our next guest. So, Sammy, let's get to it. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Steelers Crazy. Harris Smith Shields. Blacko Polamalu takes it home. Super Bowl 43. Pittsburgh might be bound for that thanks to number 43. The sickest Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Yeah, recurring guest today. We really enjoyed hanging out with this guy, breaking down the NFL draft a few months back. Uh, Right now, you might say that 
behind Matt Canada, maybe the, the second most hated man in Pittsburgh. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. We're really happy to bring on PFF lead NFL analyst. You can find him at PFF Sam uh, on Twitter. None other than uh, our favorite Irishman over here, Sam Munson. Sam, what's up? Hey, how's it going? The great thing is, it's not just me that, that uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers fans hate. It's, it's PFF as a whole. It's all of us. <laughs> Well, listen, you know as well as anybody that uh, hate sometimes equals love because uh, it means that we're checking you guys out all the time and, and you know, a lot, of, a lot of good stuff always. We're here to talk about none other than Miles Garrett v. TJ Watt. You've done a lot of it uh, this week, that, that's for sure. I said you're a brave man for uh, jumping on the Twitter and responding to a lot of people. So we're going to give you the floor and we can't wait to have you break it down. So, I mean, let's just start off with the numbers game. This past week, uh, this past Monday against the Browns, of course, the Steelers win that game. You have the two Titans, Watt versus Garrett, going up against each other in this matchup. TJ Watt with the big impact, right, for us Steelers fans watching this game. Miles Garrett grades out higher than him ultimately at the end of the day. 91.7 versus 82.6. Why? Yeah, it's funny. Every week, you know, the games take place and the grading gets done and it's all sort of in a vacuum. And then we kind of try and get an idea of like which grades in all these games, where are people going to be mad? Right. Because there's going to be a grade somewhere where player X is graded higher than player Y. and You don't see it coming until you get the blowback. And that's when it's like, all right, this is the one this week. So this one and this is an interesting one because it's such a long-standing battle right between the two of them two of the best pass rushers in the nfl two of the best players in the nfl tj watt and miles garrett and it's it's interesting because watt and alex highsmith were the two best graded players on defense for pittsburgh right which is exactly the way you would imagine it, it would be coming out of that game and the two best play graded players on defense for cleveland were grant delpit who had the interception um and miles garrett so really it comes down to the Miles Garrett grade because that's the one that doesn't tally with the rest. It's the one that doesn't come with the obvious um, box score plays that would say, yeah, of course that guy graded as one of the best players in this game. And really it comes down to what it tends to come down to with Miles Garrett, which is when you simply focus in on what he was doing, he was winning his one-on-one -on -one matchup a lot all the way through the game. He had a 40% pass rush win rate in this game which is sky high um and as happens quite often when he plays pittsburgh two things happen quite often number one he usually makes life absolutely miserable for dan moore jr at left tackle and then the other thing that tends to happen is it doesn't get reflected in the box score numbers even just pressure rate sometimes the way it does for i mean certainly tj watt on the other side but also the way it does for Miles Garrett the rest of the time. Like, this is the crazy thing is if you listen to some Steelers fans, like those guys, there are, there's a cohort of people that think Miles Garrett stinks because he never gets any kind of numbers against Pittsburgh. Um, but like the guy sacked the quarterback 18 times last year and he has, you know, not that many fewer sacks throughout his NFL career than, than TJ Watt does. And he's generally one of the most productive pass rushes in the NFL as long as he isn't playing Pittsburgh, but the Steelers do a really good job of kind of crafting an offensive game plan so that those wins don't affect the play, you know, so that they're able to get the ball out of Kenny Pickett's hands or big Ben's hands or whoever it is at the time and not have miles Garrett ruin the game on them the way he has the potential to do. 
and his sort of production or his win rate would do in most other games. Yeah, and I think a lot of the, uh, I don't know what the best word is, maybe anger, confusion from the Pittsburgh fan base has to do with the fact, and you kind of alluded to it, that generally the Steelers' offensive line rankings, right, are bottom of the barrel. You're seeing this this offensive line in terms of graded week in and week out, you know, almost dead last uh, sometimes, going back to last year for the, for the Steelers, uh, especially in weeks one and two. So the balance between Garrett maybe not being overly productive in the box score versus the Steelers line stinking, can you describe how, how that balances out? Yeah, I mean, part of it is sort of understanding how much of that Garrett is responsible for, right? Like Dan Moore Jr., I looked this up after people were bringing him up a lot. Um, for his career, in games where he doesn't face Miles Garrett, Dan Moore Jr.'s PFF pass blocking grade is 66.4, something like that, which is it's average, right? It's not good. It's not bad. It's right in the middle somewhere. It's slightly above average. And then when he faces Miles Garrett, his grade is 18. So he goes from being a perfectly passable, viable left tackle in the NFL to looking like one of the worst offensive linemen in the game when he has to face Miles Garrett. Um, and part of that is, you know, they're not giving him the help and all those kinds of things. Uh, but like that, Miles Garrett impacts, you know, the, the quality of this offensive line. Like, I don't think that Dan Moore Jr. is a disaster. I think he's an okay offensive tackle. Now, okay offensive tackles lose right lose a reasonable amount and that's why fans tend to get frustrated about them and tend to look on them i think a bit less favorably than they deserve but you know you can't block miles garrett with just an average offensive lineman he will win that battle pretty much all day the only question becomes how much of an impact does the do those wins have in when it comes to results and that like that's the real crux of this whole discussion right is is how much should winning um, impact your yeah. PFF grade relative to the end results of the play? And but it this, doesn't at all, right? Like wins, losses, do they? No, your grade? It, it does. But it's oh. it's a case of there's a lot more complicating factors involved as well. So it's not the PFF grades don't factor in the end result at all, right? You will get, generally speaking, extra credit for so you can break on a football, you can. Uh, get a pass breakup but if you dropped an interception you'll get less of a grade than if you caught the interception it's a different play and you know generally speaking you will get more credit for make for getting a sack than not if what you did determined whether or not you got the sack or not but what this game was interesting is it's like a perfect storm of examples where we don't give the extra credit so there's a play in there where uh, TJ Watt's sack and, and Miles Garrett had a hit where when they get to the quarterback, it's effectively the same play, right? They both get in, they both get pressure for slightly different reasons, but let's call them the same up until that point. And then they both end up grabbing the quarterback around the ankles, right? Going low, grabbing him down. And in one play, the quarterback on his way down is able to like toss the ball away to a running back and it's an incomplete pass. Just get rid of it. And that's a hit, not a sack. On the other play, Deshaun Watson never finds anywhere to go with the ball and just ends up bouncing around a little bit before eventually toppling over, and that's a sack. So the difference between a sack and a hit on that play has nothing to do with the pass rusher. Right? It's not 
finishing. It's not one guy like being a better finisher and making the play where the other guy didn't getting there sooner. It's effectively the same play. And the only, the result changes because of what the quarterback did, not what the pass rusher did. Those are the plays where we don't change the grade to give a guy extra credit for having a play that does have a bigger impact on the game, right? That's the, the sort of the important point here is the sack is a better defensive play, right? It's, it, makes it contributes more to winning a game it's a worse epa on the play it's all those kinds of things the sack is a better defensive play but it's not a better play by the individual he didn't do anything different he just got lucky relative to unlucky because his guy didn't find anywhere to go with the ball his guy didn't get rid of it so this game was stuffed full of these interesting plays where what we're trying to do is essentially evaluate how well a guy did his job relative to expectations, right? And did anything else contribute to the, to the results being different or not? And I think people generally underestimate how much external factors influence the end results of those plays. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Yeah, I think uh, I, I certainly was able to notice that you did bring up the factor of luck quite often. And, you know, it does make sense, uh... To me, absolutely, in terms of the Alex Highsmith interception, things of that nature, right? Right, right spot at right luck, time. Luck is one of those words that triggers people a little bit, right? Like maybe luck is the is the wrong way of describing it. But I think if you just if you're aware of the other factors that influence the play, and the Highsmith play is a great example, right? In fact, both of Highsmith's big plays, the interception, like Highsmith didn't make an incredible break on that ball, cut in front of it, you know, and, and pick it off all by himself. That required hitting the receiver in the hand, bouncing up, then bouncing off a second player, and then it lands in Highsmith's hands, and he makes a nice return, scores a touchdown. So Highsmith, like you can say he got lucky, but if if we say, look, that's a triggering word, let's not bring that up, he needed external factors to happen before he was even in position to make that play. And that's okay, but that has to be, you have to bear that in mind when you start crediting, well, how good was the play? It is a different play from him than if he had you know, broken in front of his guy on a route and picked the pass off all by himself and, you know, returned it for a touchdown. To us, that will get you a different grade, but it's the same play from a production standpoint on defense. I know this is a question that has multiple layers and there might not even be an answer uh, or a simple answer whatsoever, but certainly something that I think, uh, you know, people who are close to the Steelers, Steelers fans naturally, uh, of course, generally disagree with is the fact that, you know, we think T.J. Watt overall is a better player and pass rusher than Miles Garrett. And uh, I think you guys ha- disagree. Um, I mean, right now, T.J. Watt is the best graded edge rusher in the NFL through two weeks. Uh, last season, Miles Garrett was a better graded player than T.J. Watt. Uh, it's it's really close. Like I posted on Twitter earlier. We're in a world right now where Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt. These guys are all in the Michael, uh, Michael Parsons that I mentioned. These guys are all in the NFL at the same time, right? And that's not even mentioning people like Max Crosby, 
and yeah, and anyone else you want to bring up. Like it's an insane uh, area of riches when it comes to pass rushers in the NFL, and they're all insane, right? They're incredible. Like Micah Parsons looks like one of the best players to hit the game in the last 25 years. And I'm not sure he's the best pass rusher in the NFL. Like that's where we are right now. So when we're talking about TJ Watt versus Miles Garrett, it's splitting hairs between two insanely good players. And TJ Watt is the guy. So when you're splitting the hairs, they diverge in a couple of different ways at the moment. TJ Watt has better career statistics in almost every area, right? The one area where he isn't better is just simple pass rush win rate, right? How often does he beat his man one-on-one? And Miles Garrett has the edge there. Um, and it's really a case of what do you value more, right? How many, and there's, I don't think there's a right answer to this necessarily. Like TJ Watt gets a strip sack, force fumble, right? Let's say that's one play. How many pressures does a guy need to get before to equal one of those plays, right? Because there's an, I mean, there's a number, right? Like one of those plays is worth X number of just random one-on-one wins in a game. But I don't think there's a necessarily a correct answer to that. So that's really what it comes down to is, is TJ Watt is substantially far behind Miles Garrett when it comes to one-on-one wins and how often he does that. But he gets substantially more of those big plays. And it's really like, where does the balance and the tipping point between those two things? Yeah, I think sometimes too, like Yinzers just don't want to hear the truth. Like we try on on our podcast, you know, obviously we're Steeler fans, but at the end of the day, like we like to give an unbiased opinion. So uh, we definitely respect everything you're doing over there. What are you seeing from Kenny Pickett right now, and wh- what are his what are his <laughs> grades like? This is gonna this is gonna really help endear me to the Steelers fans. <laughs> I think people will agree with you here. Though. Yeah, That's I mean it, it's it's been a it's been a rocky start. But how bad has Matt. it been? It's it's been awful. Um, and I came into the season so high on what I expected this offense to look like. They were yeah. flawless in preseason. Yeah. And, you know, the Literally. training camp reports. Yeah. The training camp five reports for were like hasn't made a mistake, looking phenomenal. They they go out preseason and they're just immediately straight down the field, touchdown, straight down the field. Like it's it's so simple. And you're like, with the collection of skill position players they have, with an offensive line that, you know, I know you said they were problematic but i think they had been reasonable in terms of pass blocking um last year and had added you know a guy like broderick jones like kenny pickett just looked so good preseason we were all expecting you know they're gonna take a huge step forward this year and and really look good and offset everything about the offensive scheme that has everybody so concerned and it's been a total train wreck so far through two games um it's looked horrendous um And I think the blame lies everywhere. Like, obviously, Matt Canada is going to get like the focus of the ire. And yeah, it's justified. Like the scheme is pretty ugly. But Kenny Pickett's looked terrible. Um, Looked like a different player from preseason. The skill position players, they're in this weird spot where, you know, the Steelers get all this credit for just the Midas touch when it comes to drafting Mm -hmm. receivers. Right. And I think there's there's validity to that. Like they pick some really good players, love uh, George Pickens, love Calvin Austin, love Deontay Johnson. Actually, we loved all the players that they ended up drafting in recent years. And they're obviously all good, but when you don't have that sort of proven superstar, the, the question that I think is still open, like how good are they? You know, yeah, we know Deontay Johnson is a great route runner, but he's been sort of spotty and in and out and, and hands issues. 
Calvin John or Calvin Austin rather is is a, a lightning rod and a really fast explosive player, but we're, we're only just seeing him. George Pickens has always been a spectacular at the catch point guy, but the question is more: can he get open enough uh, mm-hmm. to be a true number one superstar? So I think that is an open question. Like this is clearly a capable group of wide receivers. Where is, is it, where do you have George Pickens ranked in wide uh, receiver much, terms? Yeah, I mean. He's not, I think, at the very top group. I think he's somewhere yeah. beyond that. But as I say, the, I think the question is still open. Like, we need to see him playing in an offense that's doing really well to figure out where his ceiling is. Like, I think at the moment, we don't know if this is as good as George Pickens gets yeah. or is he being held back by the fact that the offense stinks right now. Yeah, and I think it's not – I'm not ready to jump ship because it's only week three. I mean, I know everyone panics as soon as, you know – um, but it's a long season as we know that. So, you know, it, but it, it's definitely been a rocky start. Um, so again, we always appreciate you coming on here. Uh, we do the Jalen Warren show every Tuesday here on the sick podcast, Steeler crazy. Just one more question is Jalen Warren graded higher than Najee Harris right now. I, I knew you were going to ask that. I'm just going to check that right now. <laughs> I want to, yeah, I, I just wanted to end coming. on that, man. Again, Where always appreciate 2023, uh, he is. Yes, he is, in fact, graded higher than him right now. So small sample size, but he's got the better grade. Yeah, and then Tomlin just announced today in the presser that, you know, they're going to start, you know, splitting carries. That's 70-30. I don't – I guess we'll see. Because Tomlin is reading PFF. Come on now. (laughs) There you go. Let's let's get it right. Sam, we – man, you spent a lot more time with us than uh, we initially talked about. We appreciate you jumping on, and uh, you're a brave man. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, this this new math is fun to us. We're all still learning it, digesting it, but I think it's the wave of the future. So uh, great stuff, man. And uh, we appreciate this. No problem. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. See you, man. Uh, Hashtag new math, man. That's that's where we're at. Listen, I mean, we said as much. We we both sit here and disagree. We disagree. We think TJ Watt's a better player. We watch, you know, our eye tests. But they they go beyond the box score. I, I mean, for us as consumers of the game, right? We see TJ Watt had four quarterback hits, one sack, a fumble recovery, a touchdown, a pass deflection. And we see that Miles Garrett had one tackle and one quarterback pressure. And it's going to sound like I'm defending them, even though I disagree and that TJ Watt is a better player because everything says he's a better player across the board. But what they're trying to tell us is they factor in how quickly the quarterback's throwing the ball, right? They factor in if Miles Garrett is getting chipped on every play, who the better offensive lineman is they're going against. It goes right? deep. They, they factor in whether, you know, how often the Browns are blitzing, how often they're playing four-man front, right, and Garrett's still getting pressure. So there's a zillion analytic, analytical points that go into this, opposed to just like, oh, this guy had three sacks and this guy had one tackle. That means he's the much better player. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I will, you know, I'm going to go to bat for TJ Watt. He's a, he's a better football player because yeah. I think over, listen, if you're talking a two game span, whatever, over time, you look at all these stats yeah. and, and more impactful player, it's been TJ Watt. I don't want to say Miles Garrett, it's a bad player, but it, it's, and the Browns are so always deep. losing. It's such a deep conversation. Like it's, it's chicken or the egg for me too. Like I always talk about it with Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett is Matt Canada awful at his job because Kenny Pickett hasn't been very good. We're not 100% sure. Is Kenny Pickett awful at his job? Because Matt Canada stinks, probably. But once again, 
how do you how do you balance that chicken or the egg chicken or the egg right same thing with you know big ben his last year you know did canada get stuck with a 41 year old ben and a rookie quarterback and is that why he's looked awful probably not he has a crappy resume and he's done nothing to to show that he's going to be successful uh but at the end of the day do we do we know that for a fact right or if you put matt canada with patrick mahomes there are people like this is the best coordinator of all time there's it's just so much deeper at the end of the day and we do appreciate sam for jumping on i said he's a brave man we're going to post some of these clips Yinzers are going to say, why are you talking to PFF? PFF sucks. This is ridiculous. But before, I know I'm talking a lot, Jordan, PFF. but before I hand it back to you, here's one thing I hate about what people do, okay? I disagree with all yeah, PFF. you're getting real passionate. Oh, well, here's what I hate what people do. I disagree with PFF a lot, okay? Probably more often than not. But people do this thing, Steeler fans in particular, and a lot of Steelers media even do it too, where when, P- when they agree with something PFF says, they use it as their – backing or reasoning for a conclusion or for what the outcome should be. For example, when PFF posts the Steelers offensive line is terrible, people in the Pittsburgh media, Steelers fans, will post something on Twitter saying, look, they nailed it. We told you they were awful. Well, then it's one way or the other. If you support those PFF grades, maybe you should at least consider the fact that if they tell you Miles Garrett had a better game than T.J. Watt, you're going to jump on and, and say, these guys are the worst of all time. Then don't use it to support your argument, right? If you think they're, if you think they're terrible, they're terrible. If I go to Wendy's and they serve me six undercooked burgers and give me food poisoning, right? But one time they make a good spicy chicken sandwich, I'm not going to jump on and say, fully support Wendy's. You know, this place is, and, and hopefully Wendy's don't become a sponsor anytime soon. And I love them for what it's worth. It's a terrible analogy, Great but you know, don't, don't use them to support your argument. If at the end of the day, all you do is say PFF sucks. I hate them. Everything they do is wrong. They're stupid. They know nothing. Oh, but look, they said the offensive line was bad. I told you the offensive line was bad and rant. All good stuff. And we just want to thank another great partnership over at uh, Brushes and Beans Cafe in Murraysville. Caffeinate and create at Brushes and Beans Cafe. Visit them at 4550 William Penn Highway. Um, I just seen they posted today that, you know, they have a little banquet room where you can rent, uh, you know, your kid's birthday party, family reunion, uh, do some art. Uh, The drinks over there are great. Go see Mark. Uh, We're going to be doing some stuff with them during the season. And uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah. I know they're big pit supporters too. Hopefully, they can you know pull the upset uh, UNC this weekend. So for sure, pit. we're going to talk Steelers Raiders in a minute. But also, I want to shout out where I got my hat. I really do love this hat. I wore it on two consecutive shows. This thing is sweet. It's a flex hat, by the way. It's one of those one fit all. It's got Y N Z Z on the back. Fits backwards and forward. Yeah, it's ambidextrous, ambidextrous over like- here. It's it's. It's flexible. So I, I I love this hat. Shopyins.com. Use the code SICK15. SICK15. 15% off your entire purchase. That's it, man. We're going to have more giveaways through them. We're going to have some really, really uh, awesome events, hopefully live, where they're bringing out T-shirts and whatnot. They really are the number one brand for Pittsburgh sports. Black and gold, baby. I absolutely love this hat. Wise up. Shopyins. Make sure you use the code SICK15. What do you think about um, Steelers Raiders? They're going to win? Um. <sighs> I want to listen. Yeah. yeah, I know that side wasn't really positive. I think you predicted um, a loss on your preseason. Because we never play the Raiders good. True. And, it's uh, true. 
I feel like Derek Carr was had a terrible Raiders career and only time he played good. Well, Kenny Pickett broke that curse last year uh, for Franco. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, um, it, this is a toss up for me. I, I don't, I don't know whether to be confident or not with this team. It's like, you know, you want to, you know, that the talent is there. I mean, I, I mean, I'm just, uh, it's like a vivid dream preseason. Like, I, I mean, it's like, what was that? Like, I was like ready to run through a wall. Now I'm like, what am I, what are we doing right now? Um, just a lot of question marks. Um, but yeah, I think that, it, it could go. It's a 50 50. It's a toss up for me. I can't even predict if it's going to be a win or a loss. Um, obviously, this Raiders team is a, you know, a beatable team, but uh, it's it's the NFL. It doesn't matter. Um, you're playing the best of the best every week. But I really think that, you know, just from watching the pressers, I think that, you know, the Steelers as a team right now are on the hot seat. It's like, you know, kind of like shit or get off the pot mentality right now. It's, you know, someone has to be held accountable and, you know, football is the ultimate team sport. So I, I think it starts from the top. It's, you know, people want to put all the blame on Canada. And I think that some of the blame can be on Canada, but like you said, you know, alluded to earlier, it's, you know, Kenny Pickett hasn't been performing well. We got to get the running game going. We got to start stretching it out to these wide receivers. We got to start, you know, Gunner making, you know, stupid decision after stupid decision i mean these are um you know you, you root for them but i mean it, we're, we're if we're strictly talking football it's 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 been a nightmare like even squeaking that went out i think if nick chubb you know uh i really you know he's just a great talent we talked to jalen about it no one you don't want to see anyone i don't care you know your worst enemy you know get hurt like that um but this this team really needs to find its identity i mean i think that if you want to sum it up i just think and you know i think that they could lose this week but you know as a fan i'm saying yeah but i'm not too high right now yeah i ultimately think that this raiders team resembles the raiders teams that they have uh played poorly against in vegas in the past i think jimmy g is very similar to Derek carr in a lot of ways. So I don't, I don't even think this is a playoff team. He's team great when he's healthy. Yeah. They're not going to be in contention for the AFC West. He is, he's solid when he's healthy. He, they like have talent, but they can never put it together. They, yeah. Devontae Adams on the outside is going to be a problem, especially after what we saw with Levi Wallace and Amari Cooper. I wouldn't be shocked if Adams just goes off. It's going to be a, a tight Joey game. Porter Jr. More playing time. Hopefully Maybe some more reps. Maybe see, see some Steelers. Roderick Jones in there. I think the Steelers offense, listen, they're going to play better because they can't play worse. So the Raiders yeah. defense is not the, they're not the Browns. They're not the 49ers. They're, they're a bottom 15 defense in the league. Um, but they're also not, you know, the worst team you're going to see there. It's not like they're, you're facing the, uh, you know, the Detroit Lions um, who have gotten better anyway. But, um, you know, this is a, a winnable game. And I think there's a lot of pressure on Kenny Pickett and the offense to score some points. Uh, I think we finally get to the 24 point mark. Really? Wow. I, I do. I think 21. That's bold. Points. That's bold. That's, it's insane prediction. <laughs> I know. And that the uh, you, Steelers you're standing defense, by it. I'm standing by it. I'm going to say the Steelers defense uh, performs very well again. Uh, and I think when it's all said and done, the Steelers get the two and one. They win 24 17. I'll go with, which, yeah, 24 points in a Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt Canada led offense. We're throwing a parade, Federal Street. See you there. 24 points. Bring your terrible towel. What I really like, too, uh, 
that Kenny Pickett kind of said, like, you know, the, the media always asks him the same questions. Obviously, it's their job over and over again. And he's kind of like, you know, it, it pushing forward, constantly thinking of the net. Like, you can't dwell on, you know, hey, obviously, we're not performing well. Like, I think that, you know, uh, they know that. Um, but at the end of the day, they just got to go out there. You can, you know, say, hey, we're going to do this and that better. You ha- you have to bring it to life on the field. And uh, I- I'm really hoping that they can find their mojo because, you know, the talent's there. I mean, it's it's inevitable. I mean, on both sides of the ball. I mean, we have the highest paid defense and, you know, we have two great running backs, great wide receivers. And I think Kenny I think Kenny Pickett can be great and uh, just got to, you know, it- it's it's week three, Pittsburgh Steeler fans just you know, take a, take a chill pill. Um, it's obviously a lot of question marks, but like I said, I can't even give my 17, 16 Raiders. I'm sorry. Hey, I like that you stuck to your word because you had I'm them sorry. losing this game. You had I them got... beating the 49ers and beating the Browns and losing this game. Yeah, I had them yeah. losing to the 49ers and then winning the next two, but I did change my pick like a punk. Uh, and, but I still think they're going to be three and one after these four games, meaning they'll beat the Raiders and the Texans next week, but that's a different story for next week and we'll get there all right well hey we appreciate all of our subscribers uh just make sure you check out all our great sponsors and everything we're going to be doing we have a we're going to be having a Jalen warren live show coming this fall so make sure you check all our socials for that and make sure you give us a follow on the sick podcast Steeler crazy uh i say i say this all the time and i'm probably going to say it every podcast like we really bring these guests on like this is the fun part for me personally and i know mike as well is that we're able to bring you guys, you know, all these all these different guests, the Jalen Warren show, like we do this for you. And it's we're just one big family. It's all peace, love, and Steeler football. Subscribe to the sick podcast, Steeler Crazy. And uh, let's go eat some pasta, Sammy. What do you say? And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Steelers Crazy, on YouTube. Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.